and welcome to a very special bonus episode of Movie of the Year, the only podcast with the science and the screaming to determine the best movie for any given year. Today we are going to be talking about Point Break and Ryan and Mike, my best buds, remind me if you will, can Point Break win Movie of the Year? I have just watched it, Greg, and yes it can. It, okay. See, not on a, not a quality level, Ryan. I mean, the, according to the rules that we've established, the rules if it's of the best man, movie of all time. It's the best movie of the year. That's the rules of man say it can't win, Greg, and that's why you got to make your own rules. <laughs> I like, wish I, I were scoring this one, Mike, because that would very clearly be a point for you. Damn it! As you give the speech, Mike, hold on. I'm going to jerk off this can of beer and have it spray on you as you, uh, you. give the speech <laughs> to everybody. <laughs> And I'm going to do that with a diet soda. <laughs> it's not the same, but that's, that's all I have to offer. It's the spirit. So we're talking about Point Break, and probably we're going to transition from talking into yelling and then like into hollering. <laughs> um, but first of all, what is our history with Point Break? Is this, for you guys, is this a movie that was all important for you in any way? I'll, I'll go first because I know how important it was for my illustrious panelist uh i watched it a handful of times growing up i loved it but it did not define my era i always was like this even is though you cool. saw it a handful of times you yeah didn't let it define okay but uh ryan <laughs> i have seen this movie a time or two um this is yeah this was right in my you know discovering that rated r movies were cooler than g-rated movies and i have seen this movie a billion times but this is the first time you've seen it on moody right that is true yes yeah, that's different. Was it in any way different for you now watching it? I understand that not every movie can make the Elite Eight for every season that we do. That, no. that, that's how math works. Uh, and I'm not going to freak out and be all upset that this movie didn't make the Elite Eight. But the fact that it delivered everything that it did to me when I was, oh, but a boy. And yet, I think also have enough to win the championship. It's a shame. Let, let's make no bones about it, Mike. This is a perfect film, correct? Yeah, it, but it's the kind of perfect film that is perfect mm. for all of its mess. Uh, see, Does that perfect. make sense? This is this is the perfect R-rated movie for a ten-year-old boy, and yes. not just because it's you're going to see boobs and there's action and there's Swayze and Keanu, but because it starts making you think about things. They both have life philosophies that they scream at each other, and that as a kid you're like, wait, people think about the world differently. I don't and like the I tone already. I like. Yeah. I think that you I'm, I'm agreeing with Greg. You said it was the perfect movie, but you were like, "Yeah," like there was a weird sound this, to your voice. This is the. I there's so much good and spectacle. This is all the fun a movie can promise, and more, and all anything that a movie should ever do is in this movie. And, and he's our film guy, Greg. See, that's that's what's crazy. <laughs> Well, I think we have a lot to say about this movie, and there's no reason not to get right into it after this break. Movies of the early 90s could be either about extreme sports or bank robbery. Point Break invites us to imagine a world where those streams cross and combine to give us one perfect film. Keanu Reeves is Johnny Utah, fresh-faced FBI agent and one-time college football star with the trick knee to prove it. <laughs> Patrick Swayze is Bodhi, the adrenaline junkie slash guru slash criminal who wants to teach Johnny about the spiritual side of surfing. 
Also along for the journey is Gary Busey, who seemingly wandered onto the set and was filmed trying to talk his way into two different meatball subs. <laughs> Gentlemen, I ask you this. A character named Johnny Utah, a pit bull thrown like a weapon in the midst of a 10-minute chase. <laughs> Gary Busey's character nearly missing a bank robbery because he was laughing too hard at the funnies. This is a straight-up comedy, right? Is there any other way to interpret this movie than as satire? Here's the moment that I think you know. Okay? It's going along, and... Greg, while watching this, I thought a lot about your 1980 11. Uh-huh. Yes. And I think that this movie is the turning point. I do think that this kicks the 80s into the 90s because it is like just hearing you talk, Greg, was absolutely insane. Like that was that can't be a fucking movie. But the way that it sort of um, and the, this was a like a drawn out process to who actually wrote it, who actually directed it. But when it finally landed in these people's laps they were like what if we what if this wasn't just another 80s movie and i think the moment you realize it is um gary Busey and keanu reeves are getting yelled at by dr cox and (laughs) the camera pans over from gary Busey, who's just there slumping and who but believe it or not is not nick nolte in this movie no are you sure i want to point that out uh and it pans over and keanu reeves is also getting yelled at wearing a purple tank top and holding his giant (laughs) surfboard in the fucking commissioner's office. <laughs> and I like and that at, the movie that point, even was like, like... Point break, baby. <laughs> the movie was had be like, well, we have to address it. And Busey's like, why'd you bring it? And he's like, uh, I couldn't lock my door. And he's like, well, okay, sure. That makes sense. <laughs> uh, yeah, this makes me so sad watching Hurt Locker and Zero Dark Thirty because this shows that at, for a while, Catherine Bigelow had a sense of humor. And the yes. point of her movie was the shit guys like is dumb and isn't that hilarious and fun. And at a certain point, she went, no, it's hardcore. This movie has, I, I don't want to exaggerate. I'm going to say it has five different laugh out loud, funny mm-hmm. moments where a character will completely earnestly deliver a line. And it causes you to just scream laughing because it's like the most absurd thing you've ever heard in your life. And I don't think when I was a kid, I had no idea that was going on. I think right. I thought all these lines were just like nails. Cool. <laughs> yeah uh cox is yelling ab- to johnny about something and he's like is there anything else he goes caught my first tube this morning sir yes. <laughs> <laughs> and like keanu at this but like in the last like five ten years everybody is like he's the best he's always been the best but there's since so we put him in the hall of fame since yeah, it totally. was us uh there's a time where people made fun but it's clear watching this he is turning his keanu tone of voice up and down sometimes he's very bill sometimes he's not and it feels like he could deliver certain lines straight and the director's just like hey can you just keanu that up a little more and he's like oh okay <laughs> but <laughs> like, then i guess the big question is because i i had that same thing greg of like i thought it was the height of cool and now i think it's a hilarious romp um did, but when you're laughing at it there's a lot of 80s movies that we could laugh at that are yeah. deadly serious. Do you feel like it is all intentional, mostly intentional, somewhat intentional? Decline oh, to answer. I, I I think it's a lot like what Mike said, which is that it is such a uh, effective like lampooning of action lines that when I was a kid, I didn't see the joke in them. And so they were written perfectly on that level. But now watching it, it was meant to be laugh out loud funny. I'm sure of it. Watching the end of this movie, like it gets dramatic near the end, obviously, but right before the third act starts, 
it is absolutely hilarious. That whole weird Gary Busey scene where he keeps yelling out, I want two subs, and they almost <laughs> missed the two. bank robbery. I need two. Could, it's because he could eat the ass out of a rhino. I could eat uh, the ass end out of a rhino. So how, I had to give me three of these there, things. There's also three parts where uh, Gary Busey screams about what he was doing when you were so young. Yeah. Like, <laughs> You get one of those no, characters. Well, he has to let each individual he comes across what they were doing when he was still in the force. But and like uh, we're not making fun. I think that I think that there's a confusion that like you're either lethal weapon or you're loaded weapon one. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, you're you're either diehard or you're naked gun, and that's not. This movie is very comfortable in the middle yeah. and secure and confident about it. That's the thing. It's secure and confident because the it. it a lot of movies are like, we have to let you know we're in on the joke. We yeah. just have to. We have to. Point Break never breaks. It never <laughs> is like, no, this is a joke. Point. And because of that, it's legit so much funnier yes. because it never really lets you know that they get the joke. But there's no way Catherine Bigelow isn't laughing at all of these dudes. There's no, just no way. That's why in, in The Chase, the hardest person throughout this whole movie, and every dude thinks they're hard, but it's the girl who is in the shower gets freaked out because there's guns everywhere so she decides to beat the shit out of literally yes. anybody who comes near her and she nakedly yeah i will naked yeah, fight she destroys. around here. Uh, and okay while we're sort of talking about the the genre part of it if it's a comedy does that like an action comedy does that help us excuse what seem to be like some really weird glaring plot holes absolutely <laughs> well yeah because next the, for, question in the, the beginning of that scene where, before naked ladies is fighting they go from like let's watch this house to like i guess we'll raid it but they don't know that there's a bunch of like armed munitions oh. in there they're just it's time we got bored it's time to fucking kick in with four of us <laughs> johnny goddamn utah is like an hour late to his own raid they yes. make a point of it but does that mean that they were standing outside of yes. that house for one hour waiting all for this the plane all three of the other dudes who were part of that raid <laughs> do not yeah you don't want to analyze this plot with uh, monocles on let's say that also they are sure that the surfer gang he's hanging out with is the ex-president's gang they are 100% sure and then he knows for a fact that Bodie sees him right. when they try to make the bust and he like then still allows himself to be taken all the way up onto that airplane with Bodie like well that's just be that's just living ultimate yeah <laughs> but not radical guys who but, only live radical have issues the, with life you got to live ultimate the question I had for you guys, uh, and Greg, what was your history with it? Oh, when I was a kid, this is like one of the rated R movies I was inexplicably allowed to see. <laughs> and so I saw it a million times because if I could see a rated R movie and it actually had any sort of nudity in it, I would want to watch it. Um, and so I've just seen it probably as much as I've seen any other movie. Okay. But it's been a while, right? Oh, God. Yeah. Like I haven't seen it since I was like 13 years old. While I was watching it, I was thinking he meets Bodie, and by he I mean Johnny Utah always capital H. Um, <laughs> he he meets uh, Bodie and he's hanging out with his friends, and then he starts to think I'm going to call them the Kedis Gang, is the like the bank robbers. Right? Are we as an audience member supposed to actually think it's the Anthony Kedis Gang and not Bodie for one second of this entire movie? No, I'd, I'd say they're using dramatic irony, the filmmakers, which is how you know it's actually a smart movie. Uh, <laughs> one is he's tricking himself he doesn't want to think it's Bodie and the bros uh because how Busey describes the ex-presidents he talks about how methodical they are how good they are, and like so in yeah. three seconds of meeting the Kedis gang you know it's not those meth heads he also wipes them out like him and Bodie kicked the shit out of all of them yeah including including more angel <laughs> 
when we come back, we're going to get to another question. <laughs> well, that is very, very funny or very sad. And perhaps now you have something to think about or very problematic. And perhaps we have something to think about. But in any event, I'm sure you have some reaction to what you're listening to. So why not check us out on the social media? You can go to Instagram or Twitter and find us at your pop filter. Email contacts at your pop filter. Hey, everybody. Keep watching them move. One of the reasons Point Break was expected to fail was because it miscast both of its leads. How well do our leads figure out their parts and each other and each other's parts? Wink. I can't think of somebody better cast than Patrick Swayze in this. What do they mean miscast? He does amazingly as Bodie, the philosophical surfer bank robber. I think the idea was that he was miscast. Maybe Duh. before people saw it. Yeah, you basically switched the roles. That you gave the philosophical surfer role to not Keanu Reeves uh-huh. seems crazy. But uh, Patrick Swayze did have Roadhouse before this, which is the philosophical, peaceful bar bouncer. bouncer so <laughs> I think that's okay. Keanu and Dirty Reeves, Dancing, the philosophical Dirty Dancer. Dirty Dancer, yeah. Uh, he had that job. I think that Keanu Reeves struggles a little bit. Yeah, especially and, early in the movie. He opens up when Swayze shows up, doesn't he? Yeah. Well, we all do. And of we all does, do. But, yeah, dude. Uh, but I think that he does He does struggle a little bit. And I know, like Mike said earlier, it's sacrilege to say anything bad about Keanu Reeves. but Or think it, really. Yeah, don't even think it. But he is... They're asking him to do a lot more than he's capable of. When he's screaming at Pappas, like, you're a shitty cop. Yeah. Are you angry? Doesn't that feel Dude, good? Doesn't it feel good scene. to be angry? <laughs> oh, that's, I loved that scene. You <laughs> see, <laughs> maybe Patrick Swayze could have done better there. But overall, it doesn't matter. We just needed the two of them to right. get together. But it's because I think I buy Keanu falling under Patrick Swayze's spell. If the roles yeah. were reversed, I'd be like, no. Oh <laughs> like, gosh. Because age-wise, there is like wisdom in, in Swayze's eyes that Keanu, he feels like the young buck here. You know what? If we're going to keep talk, shit-talking Keanu, and remember, Mike started it, and I don't want to do it, but Mike is yeah. making me. Lori Petty and, or Tyler, and also uh, Bodie, they keep saying, I see it in your eyes, man. You're, you know, you're a bulldog. You're a pit bull. You're, you're crazy. You have this need for the edge. And it's sort of just them saying it. As yeah. From where I'm looking, he's kind of a straight-laced nerd. When, yeah, honestly, the most extreme thing he does is he never stops tracking down Bodhi, but that's done off-camera. Right. So, like, we don't, we're not aware of that as He told audience. us about it. Well, yeah. I think that once he meets Bodhi, he and Bodhi become to, like, start to, like, come together. But before they're road that, dogs. They, I don't really understand where they're getting that from. In fact, it, he's so straight-laced that when Tyler says, are you lying did your parents really die in a car crash? Instead of just saying, yes, yes, they did. He says, they live in a house in Nebraska and they hear their <laughs> Columbus, names. Columbus, Ohio. Yeah, Columbus, Ohio. Man, Man there's it's nothing so more embarrassing than being front. It's so weird to be undercover using your full name and you were <laughs> a minor celebrity. The surfer bros knew who he was. Yeah. <laughs> and also, these bank robbing surfers know a lot about fucking college ball. From a few years yeah, ago. Seriously. <laughs> well, I could I not name a suppo- single high school player right now, and they all knew. But he was supposed to play somewhere in L.A., and I think when you get into the downtown L.A. area, people are more aware of like what, what's going on with the, mm. the local college like, football. Like Matt Leinert? Yeah, dude. Mac Le- Matt Leinert, Carson Palmer, you know, Reggie Bush, the Bush did, push, all of that. Did they all have their knees go 90% backwards? Dude, whatever. I love how much that came up. Honestly, that is like, a 
pivotal plot point. Yeah, one of his major characteristics is that he's got a bad knee, and it comes up like eight different times where he's like, wait, Tyler, come back. Ow, my knee again. <laughs> oh, babe, I was going to chase you down, but then my knee hurt too bad, and I just, I simply couldn't. I'm sorry. My parents' address in Columbus, Ohio is as follows. <laughs> I like how back. he's like, he's like, babe. I have to tell you something, but I feel like it's going to maybe complicate our relationship. Yeah, dude. When you tell her you're an FBI agent and that you got involved with her to maybe like arrest this gang, that's going to make your relationship Uh, super complicated. How they meet is he decides she should teach him. There are surf schools. I know. You should probably learn far away from where you're going to be investigating people, bro. Well, the FBI in this comes off as just the absolute worst, don't they? I mean, like, nobody's in control. Nobody's thinking. They take what is essentially a peaceful gang, and they start firing at it the first time they ever lay Uh, eyes on it. That raid, I was watching this movie with my wife, and that raid, she was like, I'm out. This FBI is so stupid. These decisions are so dumb that I can no longer watch it. Now, let's keep in mind that my wife, have we talked about the Fast and the Furious yet? No. That's crazy. Uh, my wife does not appreciate those movies either. So what? Who Divorce gives a shit her. about her? I, I will probably divorce her. But uh, <laughs> there was no like uh, enjoying the forest through the stupid trees uh, for Point Break for her. She was just like, this FBI is so poorly run, I can no longer well, it bear really, witness. It's got that early 90s hard on crime thing where like these guys are committing property theft. They're not even stealing the money out of the vault. They just take right. the money out of the drawers. And the first time Keanu Reeves see these, sees these people who might be his friends, he just opens up into the back <laughs> he, of the car. Yeah. And then Gary Busey does too. And later he's like, hey, when you shoot, you don't miss. You missed, Gary. You missed yeah. like eight times. Well, no, he wasn't giving advice. He was saying he's seen Keanu shoot. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's and, true. And Johnny Utah is such yeah. a crack shot that he that must be he knows that there must be a purpose. reason. He also said if you shoot, you get me two meatball sandwiches. <laughs> okay, also an- another great like moment that has to be comedy in this is when he can't shoot Bodie as Bodie Bodie yes. runs away and so he yells and just fires his gun like eight times After- into the air. After Bodie hangs off the fence for 30 minutes just staring just at him to see if he'll get him. back up. <laughs> like Yes, there's no way that's not funny. Screaming about how messed up his trick knee My is. My knee! But when they're together, they have a real palpable synergy on screen, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if there were chemistry tests or if that was a thing back in the 90s, but the two of them together, you know, you, there's a, so many star pairings. Mm-hmm. And let's be honest, this was not like Tom Cruise and Tom Hanks at the time. It was more B-level stars, Keanu and Patrick, but... Yeah. They were, you know, double headliners, and you do need them to work, or you you don't need them to work, and it, this does become just an average movie, just another early '90s action movie. The way that the two of them relate w- with each other, just on a bro level, and maybe even more than that, uh, is really what pushes this movie over the edge into the ultimate extreme. N- nothing in the movie shows their bond. It's definitely the two of them and their acting that elevates. And I like, mean, oh, I see a kindred spirit. It's just not there in the movie on its own. There's a there's a throwaway scene where they are walking back to their cars after the fight, after they kick the shit out of War Angel and the crew. Uh-huh. And it really, like, the camera's far away, and, you know, you wouldn't really remember it if you were a kid watching this, but they're just talking about, like, what the ultimate high is, and Keanu or Johnny is like, oh, I feel like you're going to you're gonna start chanting. And Patrick Swayze's like, I might, I might do that. These throwaway moments... If you, they can go away if you don't have star chemistry, if you're not mm-hmm. great together. But how impactful just that moment was, you believe every other thing that they do together through the rest of the movie with little moments like that. 
for me, so much of that is just Swayze. Like the yeah. the whole uh, yeah. the whole elect like the whole environment of this movie changes the second he arrives on the screen. He's so comfortable. He moves with like I don't think I, when I was a kid I appreciated how great his movement is. Even when it's really subtle, he's just so graceful. But then when they're fighting, he literally looks like he's dancing during their fight. Mm-hmm. There's one part where he like springs forward onto Keanu, and it's like seriously like they're like a, a a leap in a dance or something. Dude, growing up with these guys, these guys like Patrick Swayze, it it makes sense why they shifted the cast if they did because Keanu Reeves is straight. Like he's just yeah. a straight arrow and. Patrick Swayze, whether he's a surfer or philosopher or not in an, on any of his roles, he does just sort of bop and beat to invisible headphones yeah. ev- like in every movie. And he's just sort of like that, you know? He just sort of moves and speaks and talks in this like weird beat. It's, right. it's perfect casting. That way it makes me now wish they had made Fight Club in 1992 oh, with shit. Keanu in the oh, Edward damn. Norton role and Swayze as Tyler Durden. Damn. Is there an inconsistency in the character of Bodhi towards the end of the movie? I really like the character yeah. of Bodhi all the way through. And then the very last thing of like this girl that I that is part of my crew that I used to be in a relationship with, I'll have my other friend just gut her. The best explanation I have for that is that when he saw that Johnny was an FBI agent, he lost his damn mind. And yeah. like he's broken hearted. And yeah. he had a death wish sort of you know throughout oh, totally, the, right? throughout, the, throughout the first two thirds of the movie but when he sees that his boy johnny is like has betrayed him he has a literal death wish and that's where the shift changes and like, she, you, you could see it in his eyes i'd, I'd buy that especially like because yeah, he's been all peace and love but i think Bodhi's also somebody who he's never going to say i control everything He's always going to be like, Misa, Casa, Sukasa. But I think he's somebody who thinks he has everybody's number. He yeah. is always in control. So the minute a guy who he thought was his new protege ended yeah. up being that, yeah, I, I could see him snapping for you sure. You know what? And Let's, I felt... Oh, go, Ryan. I felt so bad for him at the very end of the movie because all of... he. he I agree with Mike. He's a, a borderline cult leader, right? He yes. relies on everyone looking up to him. He thought he had this new recruit. And now at the end of the movie, everyone in his crew is dead except for Rosie. Yeah. And so now he's just like Rosie me sucks. and fucking Rosie, and who is uh, Turd Ferguson from Oz? That's the the guy in Oz who gets uh, taken over by J. Jonah Jameson. Oh yeah, you guys watch Oz? The guy that gets <laughs> uh, yeah dominates. But I have not seen it in probably two decades. We are going to take a short break here. When we come back, start talking about something we all are very familiar and comfortable with: masculinity. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening so far. And let me just tell you that everything ahead of this commercial is much better than what came before it. That's my guarantee. While I have you here, let me tell you about a website. It's called yourpopfilter.com. And it's everything you need that's related to Pop Filter. Everything Mike, everything Ryan, everything Greg, everything Cassie, everything is there at yourpopfilter.com. While you're there, go to yourpopfilter.com slash Amazon. Make that your new Amazon bookmark and do your shopping from there. That way we get a little piece of the action and Amazon doesn't. Make sure you're also listening to everything that Pop Filter has to offer, which includes the Superhero Show Show, a podcast that covers every single TV show that's based on a comic book or comic book property, and Movie of the Year, where we sit down and try and figure out what is the single greatest movie of any given year. That's Superhero Show Show. That's Movie of the Year. 
and that's yourpopfilter.com. Rate, subscribe, review. Bye. We've been dancing around it by talking about the two male leads. What does Point Break have to say about masculinity? And maybe homoeroticism, question mark? I, okay, so this movie was supposed to, this movie was written by a guy who just cranked out 80s action movies and was supposed to be directed by Ridley Scott. And that would have been good because I do like Ridley Scott's like treatises on masculinity. Mm-hmm. But for Catherine Bam Bam Bigelow to swing in here and to make this movie that, you know, shines a light, holds a mirror all up to mascul- masculinity with all like also like we discussed, keeping it on this side of naked gun parody, mm-hmm. I think is what makes it the perfect movie. Like without her showing, you know, this is what you guys look like that right. that that's what makes it the greatest movie of all time. And I think Catherine Bigelow is such a smart director because there is nudity in this movie and there's times where the camera lingers on Lori Petty, but it's not lascivious when the naked girl is beating anybody up. Like she, she, I, I, think, a, I would say there's a shockingly little amount of nudity in this movie. Yeah. That, oh yeah. I think if a dude did it, be, it'd be way more gratuitous. And I think that this is where you get rid of that male gaze in this movie and it's just fun the whole time instead of being like, I know we want to talk about these characters to see a cool backflip off an exploding shark, but I guess we're going to do a slow creep up somebody's butt. <laughs> oh, God. The, I, I, when I watched this movie, I had not seen it since all of the discussion about Bodie and Johnny being attracted to each other. Mm-hmm. And that's such a common thing to say about movies with two male roles, you know? Right. And so I was like, I, I wasn't rolling my eyes, but I was on the lookout for it. And it's there. It is uh it is there full of like surfboard crotches and gun crotches and all that. But the premiere scene as far as what masculinity means in this movie is the there's one guy who just loves showing his butt and towards the end he's surfing and he pulls down his pants and shows his butt to the rest of his crew while he's surfing. And then it's just a, with a trick of editing, it then cuts to Johnny or I'm sorry, uh Patrick Swayze looking directly at that butt and going, Woo! <laughs> that is and also when johnny utah puts it together he's like i know that oh, butt." okay yeah. <laughs> yeah no exactly because they stared at his butt yeah. on the security camera for so long so much of the movie is people having fun and then going Woo! all right this is the greatest like have you guys have you guys ever been to a party no i've That's heard how of it them. is that's just what it is just is that yeah you log on and you play um, that quip game. Yeah, yeah. Quippy. I've been to a party, man. Yeah, that's that stuff's fun. The female lead here is Lori Petty, and um, she is a Bodie X or uh-huh. current, but like I think that everybody in the beach keeps loose relationships. But um, Johnny Utah seems to me to mostly be interested in her as a FBI, like as help. At until first, until he first. learns that she and Bodhi used to go out. And then yeah. that's when he's and like, that's when he's well, like, hello. And I mean, it, there is something going on there because, you know, her name is Tyler. Um, they like, that becomes, she becomes the, the person that gets like kidnapped. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, there, there is a weird intertwining of the fact they each had a relationship with her and their relationship with each other in a way that's not always comfortable, but is clearly supposed to link them even more deeply um 
is there not much action in this movie for an action movie or rather is there not a lot of conventional action because there's like a lot of action sports right yeah they they, they, instead of like car chases there's sweet surf moves there's like a couple little fist fights but until the back third which at that point it does not stop uh there Again, is, feeling kind of like parody. How much people? How many people get shot in yeah. the end of this movie? Kind of feels like absurd onto a onto a joke. And sometimes getting shot is real painful in death. And sometimes it's just like, oh, I'm okay. Yeah, uh, radical. But until then, yeah, it, I it's just like at some point, action will happen. Yes. Well, yeah. I mean, I would say it's the first hour before, like, it's basically before the heist, where it's sort of just a faux love story between. Yeah. Johnny and Tyler. And I think that's why the intro had to happen with uh, Johnny shooting in the rain and giving it the best thumbs up and uh, Bodie surfing because it was just like, we'll hook him and then you're not going to see this kind of stuff for an hour straight. And just both of them with soaking wet hair. Yeah. Just this is how we do our dangerous things. I, I know. Whatever happened to, to Lori Petty? She's in uh, Station Eleven. Oh, is she? Oh, yeah, you're right. She nice. is. Because she I owns was the early 90s. Today trying to figure out who it was, and it was the woman I've been watching in a movie for the past two days. <laughs> there it is, Greg. She was also on uh, Orange is the New Black for a little bit. Um, oh, yeah. She uh, went away for a while, and I don't know if there was drug issues or whatever. I don't know if she was banished for like not hooking up with Harvey Weinstein. I don't know why she went away. but this That's mo- always the thing that hangs over whenever we're missing yeah. A, yeah. a celebrity from a while ago, right? This movie... like. Tyler on paper is really a really half-assed character yeah. who uh, just goes from being one of the boys in a poorly written in a poorly written way to damsel kidnap damsel in a poorly written way. And this movie is perfect for showing you like what Lori Petty could eject into a role because she is a little weird. She's got like unconventional looks, unconventional voice, but she's got this energy. That, yeah. like, if you sort of have an undercooked role for a girl, like, she was a perfect casting back then. Yeah, and I think she fits into the, the perfect space in the movie and helps to, to like, sort of connect, you know, the two mm-hmm. male and- characters. and but, but still, like, feel distinct in her own way. It's certainly not a movie about her. And it's a shame, really, that she becomes, like, out of yeah. kind of nowhere, becomes the stakes. Yeah. But we do this all the time with boy directors, but... I'm just now putting together how, like, so in so many of her scenes, she is Catherine Bigelow, like, just rolling her eyes at the pissing contest mm-hmm. that she's constantly seeing. Yeah. You know? But in love she's with that, the I one. That's what's complicated and cool is she thinks everything they're doing is stupid, but she's not leaving. But yeah, and I, like, but I want to watch it, you know, I want or I want to film it. Yeah, because the 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 game that they're all playing is addictive. That a, that adrenaline, you know, like uh, Bodie at one point is like, some people stick a needle in their arm, some people snort something up their nose. Those are both terrible behaviors. You shouldn't be saying like jumping out of a plane is okay because it's it's analogous to doing those things. Right. Oh my but god. Clearly, they're junkies. Would they go night surfing? Which there's no reason except to like get injured. Like you <laughs> could just wait for morning. But the. The most masculine part of this entire movie is Rosie stays on the beach and has to light a fire. He lights a fire by sticking his machete into the lighter fluid instead of opening the cap that is three inches above it, then shooting it everywhere, lighting the fire, and then just holding his leg above the fire. I thought Rosie was going to die throughout that scene. So many times it looked like he was just in the fire. Just burst into flames. There's one point where Patrick Swayze's like, I hate violence, man. I I hate that you have to make me do it. Rosie, Rosie loves that shit. Like, he'll fucking, he'll do it all day. 
<laughs> I could never hurt anybody. That's why I got to bring Rosie in and just bring him into the room and then leave. Because I could never do that. That's awful. When we come back, we are going to give Point Break the awards it so sorely deserves. Awards. Unfortunately, the Academy did not recognize the brilliance of Point Break, a movie that I believe in like 30 years will be considered one of the finest of 1991. Hey, Greg, it did. It was nominated for three MTV awards. Uh, Nice. It won Most Desirable Male, Keanu Reeves. It was nominated for Most Desirable Male, Patrick Swayze. And this is my favorite. It was nominated for Best Action Sequence for the second jump from the plane. Yeah, the one <laughs> that's where... how many jumps from the planes are that they have to make sure you know which jump from the plane they're talking about. That's the Keanu, like without the parachute, pull knifing it, pull through it. the air. <laughs> you pull it. Let's we'll both pull it. You pull mine, I'll pull yours. So it won some of those awards, but you know what? Let's face it, it needs more awards. And let's get to the ones that are special just for this movie. What wins the award for Element Fast and Furious didn't lift, but should have, Mike? I think, uh, obviously, Fast and Furious would not exist without this. Uh, do you know what they? it feels like they started to and didn't? Is Ted Levine is in Fast and Furious in the first one. He is uh, Paul Walker's, like, FBI handler. Uh-huh. But I think they clearly needed a Gary Busey type that Paul Walker could bounce back. So often he's yes. just alone staring off thinking things and he needed a gary Busey there maybe jake Busey, because gary would be a little old in the early 2000s but somebody who with just giant teeth to scream and watch the funnies point of order is there such a thing as a gary Busey type like i feel like Busey is serving something that you only get as part of the Busey experience yeah that's true not to go not to go chris farley but uh one of my most burned-in memories from this movie is Gary Busey bitching about how he has to like go find bricks at the bottom of the pool. Yeah. yeah. And it's the way that he dives into the pool. Just, yeah. what a pop-off rebel <laughs> asshole. Because he just goes, yeah, and dives in. <laughs> Ryan, what do you think is the thing that Fast and Furious should have lifted? It's the homosexuality, Greg. The clear homosexuality. Because yeah, right? Not just the family, but the actual like longing. Yeah, I know that... Brian and uh, Dom loved each other, but not as much as these two did. And I know that Brian and Dom famously went and had their own families. They talk about it a lot. But um, if there was a little bump in the road for those families, if there was like a will we, won't we, Mm -hmm. I think that could have made Fast and the Furious better. Just... You're going to make your story more interesting if you queer the, the, the love between some of the characters. I think that's just a simple fact. Mike, you've been through the series more recently than we have. Is there any queerness in the first like four or so? There, I think there's a surprising amount in the first one. Surprising if you if you haven't watched it in a while, it is there. Where it's the same thing. Where like it's different because Dom does not get with Mia because that's his sister. But it is <laughs> clear that Brian is after Mia because he can't be after Dom. And the way they stare at each other while they're racing <laughs> is just fucking. <laughs> and how dangerous was it that they were kissing while they were racing in different cars? I mean, through cars. That's crazy. I've, I've told that's pretty dangerous. Ryan, what is the best bit of surfer philosophy? Uh, Greg, if you want the ultimate, you have to pay the ultimate price. There is no shame in dying doing what you love, which means, ergo, ipso facto, 
um, you have to die surfing or jumping out of a plane. <laughs> jumping out of a perfectly good airplane. <laughs> Mike, what do you say? Uh, I think it's that surfing is about losing yourself. When he describes surfing and how the other gang doesn't really get it, and he's just like, there's that moment when you just catch the wave and you can't think about anything else in life and you're not a person, you're just there. That's, fuck yeah, man. By the way, when anybody (laughs) says this to you, folks, get the fuck out of there. When somebody comes up to you and says, color me mine where I'm painting my own pottery is just about losing myself. You just, you got to clear your mind and you got to be, just leave. Just get away from that person. (laughs) No, I like that one. That's better. The ultimate price versus the ultimate rush is stupid as hell. I like the kid who who just said surfing is the source. I thought that was really cool. And you like, got to oh, figure man. that out. I wish I would be cool. I wish I were cool like that. Who does the best pound for pound performance, Mike? I I think it has to be Swayze. Swayze, right, Ryan? Do you agree? I have the Swayze as well. Swayze for days. See, he's the one who gets <laughs> it done. Uh, like. I was really, I mean, we're, we're being jokey about it, but I was really impressed with this performance. He feels so comfortable and at home, and the movie is really just about to fall to pieces when he comes in, and the the, the effect his personality has on the group of characters around him mm-hmm. is the same effect he has on the movie. He pulls yeah. it together, and he gives us someone to follow, and gives us. us someone to believe in. Yeah, we're like, we'll join your gang, Patrick. Yeah, for sure, for uh, sure. Always watch them when they're not talking. That's how you can like tell the great performance. And yeah. when he's watching Johnny watch Tyler on that video, you yeah. know, at Tyler's been kidnapped and he's watching Johnny watch it. It's it's like legitimately good. Yeah, this dude, this dude could act a little bit. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, uh, director's signature moment. A lot of tape, uh, a lot of film on Bigelow. What is the signature moment from this movie, Ryan? I do think it's the second dive and. Here's why. Yeah. I, uh, credit to MTV Movie Awards for <laughs> Shout out to the MTV at least movie. nominating this, if not giving it the win. But there's a couple things going on here. One, this movie is still known to this day as the best shot skydiving movie of all time. Yeah. Dude. And that, that might sound like a specific award, so it doesn't matter. But it's very difficult to do. You know, it's, it's very di- like Black Widow. At the end of Black Widow, there was a lot of skydiving as a building fell over. But that was... That's all green screen and computers. Man, this, having seen a lot of CGI movies recently, it's so nice just to see like the outside. Yeah. <laughs> they shot this shit. And it's also like the Zack, before CGI or during CGI, we also had the Zack Snyderiness of the, and the Michael Bayness of just the constant editing, the constant camera angles, the constant close ups. And you at no point through this ever lose where you are in the sky. You know exactly where each of these jumpers are as you are diving down. And so I'll include the first jump as well. Like just all the skydiving is amazing. But the the reason why she can do that, the reason why I think this is the second one where Keanu jumps without a parachute is so powerful, albeit stupid, not a good strategy (laughs) if you want to live a good uh, long life, is that she doesn't need the music, uh, the loud music and the quick cuts because she trusts the rest of her movie. Mm-hmm. She trusts that the rest of her movie built the tension up to that point so she can just show the scene. So many times people are like, I don't think I did a good job when they get to that part in the movie. And so they have to like furiously show us what the ten- what they like where they want our tension level to be. Yeah. And Bam Bam sits back and says, I already did all the work. Now just watch these two angels fly in the air. <laughs> And it's a long, it's a lot of shots, but it's very, it's very beautiful. I like a part, uh, one of the 
guys, they all have to yell something out, and one of them yells, sex with the gods. But <laughs> it sounds so much like he's yelling out, sex with a girl, <laughs> which would just be the cutest thing to yell out. Jumping just, out of him. He's shouting out his bucket list. I will yeah. say, as good as the... Uh, <laughs> Holding hands during a movie. <laughs> as good as the skydiving looked and sounded, the surfing ADR. <laughs> was oh, insanely yeah, bad. Dude. That part was bad, Bam Bam. You got to get your shit together on that one. Mike, what do you think is director? Uh, I want to say the end after uh, Swayze dies, or we presumably dies, and Utah just walks off, and he's just like, I'm done walking out. I think so many of her movies, if not end with it, have that scene of <clears throat> one of her leads, always a dude, walking off, because it's, it's clear she's not just obsessed with like masculinity and what it means, but like how obsession makes somebody isolated and alone. Yeah. And I think she she often has these shots. So him just being like, I'm done. I'm not dealing with any of the paperwork. I'm chucking my thing. Like, I, I'm a lost soul now. She deals but, with that kind of stuff a lot. By the way, Keanu, quitting the FBI is not like declaring bankruptcy where you yeah. just yell it into the air. Like, you can't just throw the badge in there and it goes They'll away. never find me now. Correct me if I'm wrong, but in the very end, it was wet. Like, it was raining, so it was hard to tell. Did... Keanu Reeves had long Swayze hair, and Swayze have short Keanu Reeves hair at the end. I know Keanu had long Swayze I hair. Think I just switched hairdos. That's so fun. That's very adorable. Go out into the water. Did it, did things make us cringe? What made us cringe, Mike? Though I mean, the the one is just like how he said it. I was like, oh, it was uh, Doctor Cox from Scrubs saying, "I know you." You're young, dumb, and full of cum, and not like it just. I was like, "Ew, what the fuck? You're just. This is a. Where's HR? You're giving this guy orientation right now." <laughs> what do you say, Ryan? There's a scene um, when Pappas and Utah are getting to know each other that works really well. Uh, they hop up on desks and pretend to surf. Uh, Johnny Utah sips from a beer as Pappas chugs Jack Daniels in the same <laughs> fashion. Just put the bottle in the mouth and chug. Um, but there's this one just kind of dumb part that dudes have to get through when they're becoming partners of just like, uh, it's called sex wax. Oh, what? Uh, I better watch out. Yeah, you better watch out. Oh, because you might sex wax me? Yeah, I might. Just Okay, so now we, <laughs> now we did that conversation. Can we move on with our relationship, please? <laughs> I might sex wax you. I don't know. Could. Potentially. Well, that is all the awards. Congratulations, Point Break. You were the winner of each and every one of those awards. Now, we know, canonically, this movie cannot win movie of the year. We talked about it briefly up at top. If it were in the bracket, it would have a puncher's chance, wouldn't it? I honestly... A puncher's chance. Does that mean that we talk about how fun it would be if they were to win, but then... Meaning that, like... yeah. Yeah, like one in a hundred times they could lay like it could just the, everything lines up perfectly so that it somehow waltzes all the way to the finals. One in a hundred, I would say yes. Right? It just it just draws the matchups. I but honestly at some point it's still gonna have to beat Silence of the Lambs. Like and I, it I think should. that But it's I don't know, it's it's almost more fun than Silence of the Lambs. It it really like I was With, having, I was hooting and hollering, sitting here just alone, as I if mean, you were a surfing I, guy. What'd you say? As if you were one of the surfing guys. For sure, I was Woo! like, "This is a great movie." <laughs> Sex with, Sex a with girl. girl. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, do you agree that it would have some shot? Some shot. I think we would all be giggling at how far it got. Yeah, 
Well, then, okay, let me phrase it another way that I myself was very impressed viewing this this movie. I thought it was a big movie for my childhood, but certainly it was not going to be the type of movie that we would enjoy now. And I, mean, I really, really enjoyed it. There's three action movies, I think, that we have planned to do bonus shows on from 91 that Greg was more or less like nonchalant about, right? Yeah. Or like did, just didn't give a shit. Uh, this one, Last Boy Scout and Robin Hood. And... I, so I get a little bit nervous before we watch them. Like, oh, Greg's going to yell at us and t- t- make fun <laughs> of us because we don't read books or whatever. Um, now I'm way more nervous about the other two because this movie, like, watching it the whole time, I was not concerned. I was like, this is inarguably dope. This is just yeah. a fucking awesome movie. I think there is an undercurrent of vileness to The Last Boy Scout. I don't think that that, like, this movie kind of, Point Break feels good to watch in a lot of ways. Last Boy Scout, I feel like, is going to feel bad to watch. And then Robin Hood is just... I liked that when I was a kid, so it, it, it'll be fun, I'm sure. But I doubt but, anything is going to have the impact this movie did. My point, though, is that this rises so far above yeah. action movie we watched when we were kids. Mm-hmm. It's so funny. I just That's the thing I want people to take away from it. It is such a funny movie. It knows it's goofy. Like, yeah, you can't make fun goofy. of it. It already is making fun of it. Uh, did we talk about this part where... Keanu Reeves is a little bit nervous about the parachute he was given, and so they just rotate parachutes yeah, until yeah. he's given the exact same parachute he's right off with. And that's that was their deal, right? They were like three card montying him. Yeah, oh yeah, they, <laughs> they loved it. They were doing a bit. They're carnies. They were torturing <laughs> him. Well, that is it for Point Break. I'm so glad we had a chance to to watch it. So glad we had a chance to talk about it. We have other bonus episodes coming up this season, so stick around, check those out. But hey, until then, do us a favor and keep watching them movies.